We don't get to choose where we're planted. We like to think that we do, but really God's in charge. The rooted last because they have an understanding of what it is that rooted means and how important that is to Jesus. Um, when we talk about being rooted and we talk about the Father, one of the roles that Father God plays in our life is that Jesus is the watcher over our roots. Now, I know that not all of you are, are, are parents, all the, you know, all the men aren't parents, but when you're a dad, there's something that you do. I love the little girl in the video because she said, dad gives me a warning, right? Uh, dad gave me a warning. One of the things that dads do, and I, I do it all the time with my kids, I feel an innate responsibility from God to watch over my children and to protect my children. I think that Donna has an incredible nurturing spirit, and she's, she's protective over the children as well. I mean, you know, in our house, you don't get mama very mad. Don't mess with the cubs or you're in trouble, right? But with dad, there's, a, there's something in dads that wants to protect. Well, part of that is becoming a roots watcher. We help guard them. Uh, we watch over them and our kids. We tell our kids, don't do this, try this. I'm not going to allow you to do this because if I do, then I know, even though you don't know, I know that it's gonna hurt you in the end. There are some lessons that fathers are responsible to teach their children. God has a role in scripture where he watches over the roots and what's planted in our life. I want you to notice this verse in Matthew chapter 15. In Matthew chapter 15, it says that he replied that every plant that my heavenly father has not planted. Now I want you to say, has not planted. Right now say it, has not planted. Every plant that my heavenly father has not planted, he uh, will be pulled up by the roots. Because God knows how important roots are in your life. I told the story last year in the spring about how when we built our house, there was dirt in our backyard, and I came out one day in our backyard, and there were weeds in my backyard. And not just a few weeds, they were all over. They completely covered the dirt where there should be grass. And they were about a foot and a half tall. It was almost like overnight, they just sprouted up. And my question was, how in the world did those weeds pop up so quickly? And who planted them? Was it my son? Was it my daughter? I mean, who went to the store and bought weed seeds and put weed seeds in the dirt and then here they came? Well, the truth is that nobody has to plant weeds, but you do have to plant seeds. You do have to plant other things that are good. Uh, years ago, before we bought our first house, we were living with my in-laws, Bob and Sharon. And, um, they were gracious enough to uh, have us live with them during a time we were, we were saving money. And there was this little squirrel. I, I don't have a name for the squirrel, but... It was a little squirrel that I saw every day and I felt like I had a friend in the backyard. And then one day I watched the squirrel go by across the fence, it ran across the same part of the fence every day. And then one day I looked out in the backyard and right in the middle of the grass, there were corn stalks growing. There was corn growing in my father-in-law's backyard. So I said, Dad, are you guys growing corn? He says, no, we're not growing corn. I said, well, then how did you get corn in your yard. Now keep in mind, I get weeds in my yard and they get corn in their yard, right? Okay, so he says, no, that squirrel who lives a few houses down picks up corn seeds and brings them over and drops them into the yard and puts them there and the corn grows. You know what, you don't have to plant weeds, but you do have to plant seeds. And there's something about how God comes along and when he sees something in our life as a good father, a good, good father, he doesn't allow things in our life to grow that are going to be un unbeneficial, not beneficial for you and I and our destiny and for the kingdom of God. Jesus is a really good watcher of your roots. Can I hear an amen? He watches over you. He takes care of you. And 
And, you know, we like to talk in life about being pruned. And Has anyone here ever been pruned? If you have, say, oh, brother, come on, let me hear you. Oh, brother, you've been pruned. We talk a lot about pruning. You know, pruning takes place a little later in the process. But really, it begins with the roots. It begins in the beginning. It begins right with, with where God has you and what he's doing. And before he ever gets to pruning, he wants to make sure that anything that comes out and needs to be pulled out gets out and the right stuff gets in. So this morning, what I want to do is I want us to pray in just a minute here and let's put some good stuff in the ground. Two more verses for you today. The, uh, the next one comes from Psalms chapter 1, verse 3. Really famous verse. But that person is like a tree planted. Everyone say planted. Like a tree planted, planted, planted by streams of water. It's really important where you plant yourself. God can put you anywhere in the country. He can take you wherever you want to go. But I'm telling you right now, and I'm giving you fair warning as a pastor, as a person, as, a, as someone who loves you, wherever God takes you, whatever you do, you need to be careful where you allow yourself to be planted. People allow themselves to be planted where there's no water, but the ground looks good. You know, there's a lot of places that the ground looks good, like it's clear, it might be, might be dry and have little work and little boulders that need to be moved, but you know what? There's no water in that ground. When you get planted, you've got to plant yourself someplace where there's water. Water is not opinions. Water is not what people think. Water is not philosophy. Water is not a, a certain kind of church with a certain kind of, of worship or a certain kind of pastoral flow. You know what the water of God is? It's the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus and the Bible. And you've got to be careful where you plant yourself. So he said, you're planted by streams of living water. And by the way, I don't want to be planted where there's a little cup of water. I want to be planted next to a stream. I want to be planted so that no matter where I go or what I'm doing or what season I'm in, I can drink until I am full and I puke my guts out like the little kid on the video. Amen. I want to be next to a stream where something is constant, where something never ceases, where something never, never stops. This, this week I had the opportunity to go fly fishing. So part of my, my, uh, my father's day gift was there's someone in the church who took Pastor Seam and I fly fishing. And, you know, one of the things you hear about Colorado is this. There's a lot of fish in the water, it's this. Anytime you have water that runs 12 months a year, it doesn't matter how small that little tiny stream could be. Literally, it can be a foot to two feet wide. That stream is gonna have fish in it. Where the water is running and the water is constant, there is life. And if you're going to be planted, you gotta plant yourself next to something where there's life planted next to streams of living water and we produce fruit and we bear fruit in our old age and the Bible goes on and says we have all kinds of fruit to our life. Here's another verse I want to give you. John 15 verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. Everyone say I am a branch. This is like kids church today. I am a branch. Okay now we're all going to make a branch formation. Never mind. Uh, I am the vine you are the branches and if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So in Psalms chapter one, we see that it's important where you're planted so that you, your roots can go down where there's water, where there's nourishment, where there's life. And then we see if we, if we stay connected to the vine, that there's going to be fruit. Something is gonna happen in our lives if there's fruit. But the problem with this whole journey is this. People look at the fruit and they say they want the fruit but they're not willing to let God cultivate the root. See, the fruit gets all the attention. The fruit gets to do the videos. 
The fruit gets to do the social media. Whose social media is, listen to me, when you social media, and I think this is wisdom, and you're having a great day and something wonderful happens to you, put it all over Instagram, that gram, Teddy Graham. I don't, just put it everywhere. But who has a horrible day? You're not supposed to do this. And says, this is the root. This is the process. I'm going through H-E double hockey stick process, and I'm going to put a, Instagram about how horrible my root system is to break through the hard, dry ground of my heart, to find water when I'm dry, to try to find some life when I'm struggling. Nobody likes to Instagram that. The fruit gets all the social media. The fruit gets the trophy. The fruit gets the certificate. But I promise you, when you walk into the grocery store today, if you're going to do that, you're going to make some, although you may not be buying fruit uh, for your Dad, today, hopefully you're, you're buying beef, and I don't care if it's grass-fed, corn-fed, organic, or just get it to me, doesn't matter. But when you go to the, the store, you're going to see fruit. You're going to see the red fruit, the bananas, the peaches, the plums, it's all there. But can I just say to you that every time you pick up a piece of fruit, I want you to know that there's a root somewhere in the ground that should get the credit. Can I hear an Amen. That, that is the reality. The reality is that it's about, it's about the roots. It's not about what fruit you bear. Because the Bible says you're going to bear fruit. The fruit's going to happen according to what your root system is. I don't know if any of you have ever had a bad day. I've had a couple. I don't know if any of you have ever been through something challenging. I've had my challenges. You know, those, you know what those challenges are? Those challenges are God's opportunity to come as the Father and to put his hand on your heart and to take whatever needs to be removed and to pull it out and to plant something in there that when it bears fruit, you're going to say, God did that. You're not going to say, hey, look at, look at the fruit that I'm bearing in my life because I was so incredible that I was able, able to overcome or I was able to forgive. That's not what will happen. People who have real godly fruit, they know who gets the glory. Can I hear an amen this morning? You're going to say, when people say, how did you get through that? You're going to go, Jesus did it. God did it. You're not going to say, I'm so strong and I'm so smart and I'm so gifted that I was able to walk through this and not even worry about it because look at the fruit in my life. Fruit people, root people, they know who gets the glory. And can I just throw this at you? If you never take the glory for the victories, you also don't have to take the credit for the defeat. Do you know why? Because rooted people, they go through seasons, and sometimes the season is dry, and sometimes the, the season is like a flood of glory and grace and love, but how many of you know if you're rooted in God, and you're by a consistent stream, that there's life in the good times, and there's life in the bad times, and it's not about what I did or did not do, it's all about Jesus and what he did do. Are you with me? So this is, this is roots, this is the power of roots, this is how important it is. So you've got, you've got the, the, the planting and the roots, and then you've got the fruit, and the two are connected. Now just quickly this morning, let me give you five quick little points about being rooted and how the Father kind of works that into our life. Number one, and I've said this, but always remember that the roots come before the fruits. Fruitless people are rootless people. Fruitless people are rootless people in that. Did you know that in your worst hour and in your worst moment, when you are facing something that is so overwhelming and so unbelievable out of left field, that it drew from your well more tears than you've ever cried 
or you've had to reach out to God more than you ever have, did you know that even how you handle that and hurt who you turn to is a fruit? See, people tend to think rootless and fruitless. I don't mean gifts. I don't mean can you sing. I don't mean can you dance. I don't mean are you in front of people. or I don't mean are you on the, on the front line team. And part of the, that's not what I mean. When I say rootless people are fruitless people, what I mean is they don't know who gets the glory. They don't know who to turn to. They don't know what to do with it when they got it. God gave them a gift. They don't know how to use it. God puts them in a challenge. They don't know who to talk to. They don't know whose shoulder to cry on. Jesus is just my everything, somebody. Come on. This, I feel really good. Does anybody love Jesus right now? Come on. He's my everything. Rootless people are fruitless people because they don't know what to do. And everything ultimately comes back to them, and, and, it, and it, it traces back to them. And, and, and there's, this, there's this some kind of understanding that our heart and our, our, uh, how, how we handle our heart is up to us. Did you know that what God does when he's looking over the roots in your life, what he's really doing is he's looking down at your heart. And he's saying, there's a heart issue. Everything in life is a heart issue with God. Nothing is a gift issue. God doesn't have gift issues. God doesn't have fruit issues. Listen to me. You might be the best singer in the world. You don't follow Jesus and you got a bad attitude. You, you want to just have the microphone. God can just sideline you for a little while. He'll take somebody who's not quite as talented, not quite as good. He'll put them up here. He'll block everybody's ears. It could be a total tone deaf. It could be a miracle from the Lord. She's tone deaf, and you'll think she's the best worship leader in the world. Why? Because God does not relate to us at the point of our strength or our gift, but he comes to us in our weakness, and he embraces us, and he takes the, the foolish, unbelievable, petty, little broken things, and he turns them into a testimony. He makes them glorious. He makes them wonderful. He makes them a testimony. He makes them amazing so that people go, oh my gosh, I, I'm not looking at you. I know you can see Thing, but you went through that and you did that and, and I had, a, had an experience this week we're, we're just driving with a friend and this friend is telling uh, telling us about their journey and just the journey itself because if you listen to it at face value you think wow that's that's really hard oh, that's really that's too bad wow what, what a bummer but if you listen to it through the ears of the Holy Spirit you think man you are connected and rooted in the Holy Spirit and, and if I, when I face that, I hope I can face it like you did. I hope that the tears that right now are seeds into my own spirit and into my own life. Because you didn't give up on God. I'm not going to give up on God. God didn't give up on me. What happens is, is that as we're going along, God's looking at the heart. He's looking at the real stuff, at the real dirt the real issues, the real weaknesses, the real stuff that nobody ever wants to show anybody else. There's no filter, there's no Instagram, there's no, there, there's no early morning filter, there's no, trust me, in my house it's like, early morning is just not a good time in the Lasset household, pray for us all tomorrow morning. It's like, there's, there's no lark, it's the name of a filter that makes everybody look like they got a tan. There's, no, there's nothing, the real stuff, the unfiltered, dirt go out and grab some dirt and put it in your hand and feel it it's dirty it, it, it stains stuff it's messy there's there's stuff in it you want you don't want to deal with you know what Jesus does he ignores the fact that you can sing he ignores the fact that you can dance because he gave you that regardless of whether we turn to Jesus and he dives 
into the dirt. So while your fruit is thriving, you better hope that your roots are diving. Because if it's not, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to feel empty. Can someone say amen? This is, this is the reality and the power of roots and the responsibility of the Father. Number one, roots before fruit. Number two, roots are a passion, not just a purpose. No one's ever passionate about roots. They're passionate about fruit in their life. And they look at somebody and they go, I want to be like that person. Or I wish I could do that. People aren't passionate about roots. Well, let me rephrase. A few people are. And they're hard to talk to. For me, it's like, hey, I want you to know that my plants, they rooted. And I just want to go, wow. That's so amazing. How, how does that happen? You know, what do you say to that? Woo! You know? Breakthrough! <laughs> what do you say to that? When I was a kid, old school people, now just tell me if you remember this. If you do, you're going to react. When I was a kid, my mom would take these big old nasty seeds and put two toothpicks on the end or something and put them in water and put them in the windowsill. Who, who remembers that era? Okay, okay. That was right before Chia Pet, young people. Okay, so, so all of a sudden, you know, I come home one day and I've got some friends and, and, you, and the house clean, everything's nice. You look up on the windowsill and here's a giant seed of some variety. I don't even know what it was with two sticks sitting in a glass of water. And you just look at it, you go, wow. We have a seed, a big old giant seed in the windowsill. And what happens is that seed makes the water kind of nasty. And after a while, roots start to come off the thing. And then, then you've got, now what you've got is you've got this glass see-through big ball of nasty water and roots growing in your windowsill. And my mom would get so excited. She would be like, it, the roots, are, it's rooting it's rooting. She'd take me in to look at it as a young kid, and I'm like, can you please hide it when my friends come over because I don't understand it. It just looks nasty. It just looks like a big jar of nastiness, and I got to explain that to all my friends as a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, right? But she would get so excited because it was rooting. She had a passion to see roots. Now listen, listen, listen. This is how God is. God has a passion to see roots because fruits are easy. Fruits, fruits mean nothing. You got fruit all day long because the Bible says the gifts of God, the fruit of God in your life was given to you whether you say sorry or don't say sorry. God made you the way that you are. But it's the roots that give you potential. It's the roots that say you have a future. It's the roots that say my fruit is, is going to remain and, and I'm going to stay uh, diving down into the, the nourishment and the Holy Spirit. And so we have to be passionate about the roots and not just, not just the fruit. So roots are a passion. They're not just a, a process. And what happens is that people go through something tough. And while they're going through something difficult, they call it a problem. But God calls it a process. The process of letting your roots dive deep down into who he is. Number three, roots ultimately define our success. Fruit is not what you think it is. Fruit is not what you think it is. Do you know that fruit has to be renewed 
every year. If you bear fruit in your life, that fruit has to change every season. So you can grow some fruit and it looks really nice, but that fruit is gonna, is gonna die. That fruit's gonna fall off the tree. I was down in Southern California with a friend and we're going down the sidewalk and there was an orange tree. And I said, is it okay if I eat one of those oranges? And the answer was, of course. And they knew what was about to happen. They were playing a joke on me. Because the tree looked good. The orange looked good. It looked orange, right? I picked it. I smelled it. And it looked like an orange. And even as I began to peel it, it smelled. And there was juice running off this thing. And it looked like an orange. And so I grabbed a big chunk of it. And I shoved it in my mouth. And I took a bite. And it was the nastiest, most foul thing I've ever put in. I spit for hours trying to get the taste out of my mouth because the fruit had turned while it was still in the skin. It wasn't eaten. It wasn't used. Now, some people need to use their gift. Otherwise, it can sour while it's still in the skin. And, and look, I, under, I understand that. But fruit is not what we think it is. Fruit has to be renewed, but the roots never change. There's no season for a root where the root dies. Well, the root dies in the, in the winter and it comes alive in the spring. No, the roots are still alive. I have a plant in my yard. People, I killed it. I killed it. I forgot to water it. I forgot to make, make a nice little pile of stuff like bark dust around it. I didn't put a little drip thing on it. I killed it. And do you know that this week, it came alive. No, like resurrection power. Alive. I look over and there's, there's buds on it. it there, it's green and, and you got to break off all those things, but, but it's alive. And, and you know, you, you remember this perhaps, but, but in the winter seasons of your life, you, you might be dormant, but you are not dead. Dormant does not mean dead. Dormant just means waiting for the next season. Dormant means I still got life, but, but, I, but I'm in the ground, and I'm planted, and I'm here. here. Here you are in the ground. Your roots stay connected. They stay alive. And when the fruit falls off, and when the leaves fall off, and when the sticks above need to be pruned off, you are still living. Roots are the thing that says you're going to make it. Turn to your neighbor and just say, you're going to make it. Turn. Tell them right now. You're going to make it. And so we, we have to redefine what success is. Success is not fruit. Success is roots. We all want to be significant. We think that significance equals the shiny red fruit. Significance means you had staying power. Significance means that you fell in love with Jesus more and more through every season. Significance means that you understood the difference between, between charisma and character. Staying power, fruits that last, roots that last. Fruit is not what we think it is. Number four, I'm almost done here. Roots take a prepared soil. He plants you in the soil that you need to grow. God's the watcher of your roots. He oversees your roots. And what he does is he places you in soil that you need so that you can grow. Now, some of the soil is scripture, obviously. The soil is grace and the cross. But the soil is other things as well. 
The soil can be, can be a friendship circle, a small group. The soil can be a, 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 um, a, a point of contact with someone in your life that you needed in a moment to help you get through a situation. Soil can be a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, the soil is where God cultivates your roots with Him. So roots take prepared soil. You can't always choose the soil you get planted in. You can't always choose the season and time that you're planted there. But God knows what you need. And the last one, I'll say this and we'll wrap this up, is that roots grow where you are. Roots cannot grow where you are not. And we, we like to say, all right, Lord, um, I had a prophetic word a few years ago, and the prophetic word said that I was going to be a prophet, or I was going to have a, a business, and, and I was going to be a giver in the church. And, but yet, here I am today, and I, I want to be a giver, so Lord, I pray that you would make me successful so that I can be a giver. Or I pray, Lord, that you'd help me to write good songs so that the church will sing my songs, or whatever it might be. But yet, where you are today, you're not rooted. In other words, you're not doing anything to press into Jesus and learn more about him. And you still haven't let the, the Father put his hand on some roots that need to be pulled out so that he can plant some seeds. See, roots only happen where you are. They don't happen where you are not. See, fruit in itself has no future. In other words, you don't look at a piece of fruit and you say, I'm going to do that someday. The, the potential's not in the fruit. The potential is in the seed that's in the fruit. And so the fruit will die, but the seed remains. You take the fruit off and throw the, throw the seeds away. You know, we, we eat fruit and we spit the seeds out. It's like we're spitting out the potential. Just think about this for a minute. Your fruit that you have in your life, it has no potential on its own. Only if you take the seed and if it gets planted into a place, into a moment, into a vine, only if that seed gets planted is there any hope. And so we go, I want to be a giver, but I'm not going to plant. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to know Jesus. I'm not going to let my, my roots get, get pulled out from the weeds, all the bad stuff. We're not going to do that. But someday I'm going to do this. And I'm going to have roots in this. You will never have roots in a place where you don't live. You'll never have, have faith and fruit and the ability to be pruned and the desire to be cultivated in some place where you are not. So the key is plant and root. I don't just mean in a place today, but in Christ himself. Because I'm telling you, the more that you press into Jesus, the more that Jesus is going to plant you into a house. That's automatic. He's going to put you in a church. He's going to give you a people. He's going to bring friends. Some of you have been struggling with friendships and relationships for so long. It's almost like that's a fruit that he, you think God doesn't want you to have. Can I just tell you, that's a lie from some weed somewhere who's choking out, taking all the dirt and all the space with discouragement and despair and depression, telling you you're not going to make it, you're not going to have friends. That is not of God. God takes the weeds out, he makes room, he plants the seed, the seeds go down, and the tree grows. People, there are things that God has for you in your life, and what we have to do is say, Jesus, put your hand on the roots. Put your hand on what needs to be removed, and please plant 
what needs to be planted so that I can here in this moment get all that I need from you to be nourished and strengthened. And Lord, you've given me a seed of destiny. You put something in my heart. Yeah, I want to do those things, God. I want to because I feel I'm supposed to. But it's so far off. How do I have fruit here? You do that by having roots here. So Jesus, that's my prayer today. Can you bow your heads with me and let me pray for you today? I pray, Father, that you would come and that you would bless these people. You are God the Father. And the Bible says that the Father comes. And any plant, any weed that was not planted by the Father himself, you remove it. And you do that so that those weeds don't choke out the destiny. So that the weeds don't take up the space in the soil. So that the weeds don't drain the soil of the nourishment and the nutrients. But Lord, you give us good soil. You give us healthy soil. You cultivate our heart so that when the seed of God drops into the soil and life takes place, that there is absolutely nothing that we can't accomplish through God. If it's his will, Lord, today, I pray for every person here that feels choked and narrow, and like there's no room to breathe, and there's, there's, we don't know what to do. Father, I thank you for them today. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today, then you just feel like the weeds of life have grown over the soil of your heart and you're having a hard time seeing Jesus just do what he wants to do because there's no room. If you need this prayer today, when I count to three, just lift your hands. We're going to take these weeds out right now. God's going to do it, but we're going to pray for it.